0: Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. A big uh, welcome. My name's Jake, and uh, thank you so much for having me. It's well worth the flight down yesterday to have a a Daniel Fast curry last night, and uh, a limb sip this morning for breakfast, and I'm all good to go. (laughs) <laughs> so anything could happen. I think Lemset has some other drugs in it as well. And so you never know what you're going to get this morning when you come to church. A drug-fueled... No, I'm kidding. You're not going to get that. That was the old Jake. <laughs> that's another, That's a story for another day. But I love what Pastor Tico shared, because that's what we're going to speak on this morning. So you were bang on, throwing off the old and putting on the new. And uh, man, I love this church. I love Pastor Tico and Shelly, and I really want to honor you guys. I know Shelly's not here, but... Um, just the season that you've had as a church and, and the way that these guys have led and I uh, really want to honor Penny and Caleb as well and the way that you guys as a fraternity have led and even you as coming to church and, and continuing to sow and believe for God to do amazing things is a testimony to all of you but we love you guys, they're dear friends of ours and we've known them for a long time and uh, I'm just so thankful to God for them so give them, a big, yeah, give them a big shout they're worthy of it I think which is cool but my name's Jake and I'm married to Fiona I've got a few photos of my family and uh, this is Fiona, my wife. Hopefully, she's going to come up on stage. Well, not physically, but she'll be there. And so this is Fiona. This was uh, this was her 40th party, which was earlier on this year. And that's a little a little PhD graduation cake. Uh, you can see the little beret. And uh, she actually she she uh, finished a PhD this year. And uh, next Friday she has her capping ceremony. And that was the cake that we had. And she's beautiful, and I'm very lucky. And amazing that she would choose me, uh, which is awesome. And then I've got three beautiful boys. Zane is my eldest. Zane's 11. And this is Zane on the left here. And this is uh, Seth on the right, who's eight. And they were both their athletics champions for school. So I didn't know they chose that photo, but that's a bit awkward. But, uh, you know, the genes don't lie, people. The genes don't lie. And uh, so that's them. And then my little boy, Abe, uh, is four. And that's Abe. So we flew on a, an, anyone know uh, MAF, Mission Aviation Fellowship, we flew on a MAF uh, Cessna on, uh, when was it, Friday, which was awesome, they were in the Hawks Bay and my wife has had family associations with them for many years and this was us in the plane on Friday and uh, look at that face of wonder, just like, wow, halfway through the plane it was like, wow, and then the other half was like, <laughs> just, <laughs> so, so yeah, he did pretty well. And then he just, and then he couldn't, ha- couldn't handle any more. Just the whirring of the plane, the rotors and stuff, so. Very good. Hey, I want to share this morning about uh, a guy and, and his daughter. And in, in the Napier Church, we've been there three years. I'm originally from South Auckland, and uh, we've been in Napier for three years. And in that time, God's done amazing things, and we've been so blessed to be a part of it. And the church has really doubled in just about every metric, which is incredible. But uh, we've got an after-school care ministry, if you like, and, um, and it's grown from about 12 kids when we first came to 84 children now that come in, and they form a lot of a part of our massive, which is our intermediate age group, and so every Sunday, we have about 25 to 30 massive kids, pretty much all community kids come into church, every service morning and night, which is just amazing, and, uh, and, and what God's doing in our boom age group, our primary school, and our intermediate is, is just a, a work of God, which is incredible. And uh, Tiff and Will who run it, Tiff, I, I, I introduced Tiff all over the country as the mob boss's daughter because uh, the Mongol mob was founded in, in Hawke's Bay uh, in the 60s and her dad was one of the founding members of the mongrel mob. And about a year before he passed away from cancer, he gave his heart to Jesus and his whole family was radically saved. And uh, she's a product of that. And now, I mean, she's done something that, that none of us could have done. She's grown in ministry, not knowing anything, just trusting in God. And so, if you think you're disqualified because of what you don't know this morning, can I say that God qualifies you? Amen? Isn't that cool? And uh, God's just done amazing things. I don't have time to share all the testimonies, but we've been on an incredible ride, really. And uh, there's a girl called Lady, and she was, she's a, a year six girl in school and uh, has been coming to our massive uh, group for the last couple of years. And again, her life has just radically transformed. And in March this year, we had a, a baptism service, and a lady got baptized. And uh, her dad came, her dad's name's Marty, and he came. And I remember seeing him at the back of the service, and I popped over, and I said, hi, my name's Jake, as I do before the service. And he was sort of a bit nervous, and hi, my name's Marty. And I said, oh, why are you here? Oh, my daughter's getting baptized. And I found out her daughter's name was Lady, and I knew Lady. And, and I said, oh, that's so cool that you came. And he said, I've never been in a church my whole life. And I'm like, man, well, this is the right church to be in then, because that's the church that we're about. And I prayed, if you've never been in a church, this is the church for you. This is a great place to be. And, uh, and so he saw her getting baptized, and, and we had to sort of, sort of drag him over to the tank. You know how it is, but everyone's kind of crowding the tank. And we said, "Hey, oh, come over, have a look. And, and he just had this expression. It sort was of, sort of a half bewilderment and half what's going on and half like, wow, my daughter. And just, what is this thing? Why is she, like, so anyway, months went by, and we thought it'd be cool to see him come. We never saw him come again. And then about five or six weeks ago, he turned up again. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was our night service, and I said, I'm pretty sure that's Marty came across and said, hi. He goes, hi. And, 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 and we're doing the service. And then, and then I did the altar call. And I just felt this strong sense just when sometimes you just know it's God. And I'm, and I'm doing the altar call. And I just look over at him like this. You know, when you do the altar call, you don't usually look at people. Any hands? You. Why? Seriously. You don't usually do It's not cool to do that in church. Right? But anyway, I literally was like, and I, and I felt myself praying. I, like, I felt myself saying, you know, if there's anyone in here. And I just went like, and he looked at me, and we looked at each other, this weird standoff moment, and he's like, <laughs> like this, and I'm like, that's right, and so maybe we'll try that towards the end of the service, but he responded, and, and then he came up afterwards, and we had this great chat, so now the last five or six weeks, he's been coming, and, uh, and, and just, just, just his, his I'll share about him a bit later, I don't want to jump ahead, I've got a I've got a plan, But his life is just radically transformed. I just can't tell you what God can do in your life. I can't explain it. I can't explain why my mate, when I was 17, who'd been smoking weed for years and years every single day, who walked his sister down the aisle completely stoned because that's all he knew. I can't explain why in an altar call at my Baptist church in South Auckland many, many years ago, there's an altar call and he goes, oh, I just got to do this walks down the front and never smokes weed again. I can't explain why that stuff happens. I can't explain. No amount of counseling, which is a good thing, no amount of speaking to people, which is good things, can do what God can do. And so, man, I'm just here to testify God's good. And if you hear anything today, just know that God can do what no man can do. Amen? He's so good. And so it made me think about Marty, to maybe think about, man, why is he ch- what is it about this change? And so we're going to read some verses together, and we're going to go through a bit of content. But I pray it's a real blessing for you today. And uh, so in Isaiah 61.10, the verses will come up for you. But if you've got a Bible, you can sort of reference them as well. It says this, I'm overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God. Aren't we overwhelmed with how good God is? I'm overwhelmed, for He has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. Then if we flick over Ephesians 4, 19 to 24, Ephesians 4, 19 to 24, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. Ephesus was a a place in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey, and Paul's writing to this church of which he'd sort of established. And he said to this church, he said, they talking of the Gentiles. So there were the Jews, which were kind of God's chosen people, and, and, they, and, they, were, and they were Christians. And then, But he was talking to the Gentiles, those that didn't know God. He was saying, they have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. And he says this in verse 20, but that isn't what you, everyone say you, that isn't what you learned about the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, listen to this, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. And then Pastor Tico's reference in his uh, introduction was put on your what? Oh, put on you. <laughs> I, 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 I see your pain now. I understand why that went bad. Put on your new nature. Put on your new nature. Created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So God says put on your, he says throw off your old self, Renew your mind and put on your what? Come on, everyone say it. Your new nature. Put on your new nature. In the Bible, it's just an interesting side point. Clothing in the Bible often represents a kind of a mood or a status or a sort of a state of being. So it talks about clothes of righteousness and things like that. It's a, kind of a, it's a disposition, if you like. And I want you to think about my friend Marty that I started with. I want you to think about how his life has changed, and we'll come to him later. Anybody love kind of fancy dress? There's people, fancy dress is a funny thing. When you have a party and it's fancy dress, right, there's always that guy, eh? Nah, not going to do it. Nah, come, man, everyone's dressing. It's got to be like 80s. It's got to be like back in the day. Nah, nah, not into that, right? Point to that person in three seconds. One, two, three, right? (laughs) Some people point to themselves, that's me, neon sign. I hate it, right? And then those people, they turn up to the fancy dress and have some clever quip about, oh, I'm dressed as me. You're like, yeah, we know. You're not playing the game, right? It's my party. All I want you to do for one night is dress up and look silly like everybody else. Then the other side of it is then when the practical joke side, when no one dresses up and one guy does. You know, that's a terrible gag, but if you can get a chance to do it. So, <laughs> so but there's always one person, I don't like dressing up. I don't like putting on those kind of clothes. Well, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't want to do it. You don't have to do it. But sometimes it's fun to do it as well. Sometimes it's fun to laugh at things. But in this verse, I love the fact that the, the you, so, so Paul's trying to reference the fact that there's kind of an us and them type thing going on. He's saying you, but you. And I want to say to you this morning, but you. Because I believe God's talking to you as distinct from other people. You're in the room, so I can talk to you. But you. So he's saying there's a difference between the Gentiles, those that don't believe about God, and you that do. Now, if you don't believe about God today, trust me, I'm coming for you, don't worry. Right, this is for you too, but for a second, part that, because God's message is for everybody. But he's saying here, it's for you. So instead of you, it was a distinction from the other pagans or the, or who lived to kind of satisfy their own life. And he says, but you're going to be different to this. right? You're going to be different. And then he says, you, but what you learned. This, this, this learning was more than a knowledge about Christ. It was, it was a knowledge that served in such a way as to be a disciple of Christ. It wasn't just a knowledge, we can't just know God here. How many know that we've got to know him here as well? We've got to understand about him, but we need an encounter. When Pastor Tico prayed before, just as I was about to get up, I don't know about you, but man, you're just like, I'm like, (gasps) I get a little emotional about God because of how good he's been to me. And I get up and I go, man, I can feel his presence this morning. So it it says some things. If you're taking notes, and I think it's a good thing to do, it says if you... The, the the thing to do is to then it's time to kind of change your clothes. So the first thing you're taking notes is to throw off your old nature. Throw off your old nature. Everyone say throw off your old nature. Say it to your neighbour. Throw off your old nature. Throw off your old nature. I didn't make it change your clothes because I thought that's a bit rougher. I mean, oh, this is my th- new threads and change your clothes and there. Yeah. So, what are some of the bad practices that you used to do? Think about before your life as a Christian, what were some of the things that you used to do? What were some of the things that you thought about? What were some of the things that you processed? Because I believe it's different now, but you did, you did think about things. In what ways did you respond if you go back to your old life? How did you react to things? What behaviors did you exhibit that maybe you weren't that proud of? We did a series, if you've if been around a couple of years, called Deadly Distractions a couple of years ago. It was a brilliant series. Pastor Sam taught it. And we did it around the country. And the first question we asked in in small groups, in e-groups, was when was the last time that you lost it? That was one of the most provocative kind of opening questions to an e-group series ever. And we all think about, yeah, actually, this isn't like you, when rage, you went up and did something crazy. But when was the last time that you lost it? When was the last time that you just threw your toys out of a cot? I remember thinking, like, yeah, they had quite recently with me and my son. How many children? They give you chances to lose it. Yeah? Chances to lose it. Right? If you don't have kids and you never lost it, right, time's coming when you will lose it. And you won't be proud of it. And then you'll know what grace is. Right? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm saved. Thank you, Jesus. But also... Not only go back to your old life, but also your old, na- what was your old nature, your old person like? What kind of behaviors did you used to exhibit? How many know, a, a behavior is just usually endemic of an underlying belief. You don't just do something. You usually believe something first about either yourself or who you are, and then you usually make a mistake in some way, right? We kind of know that. And so think about your old life because it's interesting to know where you've come. Don't worry about how far you're kind of down the track. Think about where you've been and look back and go, man, I was over there before, but now I'm here. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. Amen? I'm not where I was. Man, and we're never going to be where we're going to be, where we're going to end up until we meet Jesus. That's cool. That's life. And so we've got to know that. So your your old you was formed. It was by a set of responses, a set of decisions. It was who you hung out with. And we know that's true. Anyone made mistakes by themselves? Not usually, but we kind of talk about I had these friends. Yeah, I had these mates in school, right? When I was at the mobile service station as a 14-year-old, and my mates used to come and just take cigarettes and Mars bars, and I was like, yeah, it's all fine, right? Yeah, that's right. Judgy faces. So coming back to my friend Marty, here's the thing. When I spoke to him, I said about... Five weeks in, and he's coming to pretty much every night service. He works shift work, and in the mornings he can't come, and he comes every night service. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, Marty, you just, I said, you look different. And he's like, Jake, I just, he's like, I don't, you know, when someone's, they're trying to, just very new Christian, and he's trying to explain to me what, this, what it's like being a Christian now. And he's like, Jake, I don't know, I, I see stuff on TV, and I just get, I get moved by it. He goes, I don't. He do, goes, do, 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 do you know what I mean, Jay? Do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do, I do. And he goes, and I, and I, and I, I see my old friends now, and they, and they see me, and they go, man, you, you're different. And they go, yeah, yeah, I, I am. I don't I haven't changed, but I'm, I'm different. And everyone's saying, and he's like, and he's sort of like this. He's got that look like my son Abe had. Like he's just that, and that wonder of like, what has happened to me, Jay? He's literally saying, What has happened? I feel different, I look different, everything about me is different. And it's just the most wonderful thing. Listen to this and what it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 14 to 15. And this, this helps to explain it. This helps to explain it. It says, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. Now, this isn't talking about people who are spiritual. You know, they say, like, oh, I'm really a spiritual person. My mum would say that. She doesn't come to church, she's deeply spiritual bless her. I'm trying to say, mom, that's not the power. The power's here. That's what you're looking for. She'll get me to pray for stuff, bless her. And I'm like, mom, I'm praying to this God that you're sort of believing in, but it's not that God, it's this God. So she's spiritual, but it's not. It's, this is of the Holy Spirit. People of the Holy Spirit, that's what I was talking about. People who are of the Holy Spirit can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolishness to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they can't be evaluated themselves. So what he's saying is, this is it, he's like, I've now, I've now allowed the Holy Spirit to come on the inside of me, and it's changing the way that I see my world. Do you get it? For some of us that have been Christians a long time, right, we got to remind ourselves of that, right? We need to remind ourselves that we see things differently. I've been a Christian, I think, 24 years and I've got to remind myself, man, that was what it was like, and that's what it should still be like, is to see our world differently, isn't it? Come on, everyone's a bit quiet this morning. Come on, this is what we need to be in our world. We need to start seeing our world differently. Seeing our world as God would see it through the lens. Nothing changes in the physical world, but the way that we see it and the way that we appropriate it, everything changes. Everything changes, and everything's changed for this friend of mine. So throw off your old nature right? I say throw off no. your old nature. Oh, you're on fire this morning. Second thing is we've got to put on the new person, right? We've got to put on the new person. Say to your neighbor, put on the new person, the new person, the new person. The new person. Listen to what Colossians 3.12 says, therefore, as God's chosen people, isn't that cool? We're God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, dearly loved. Clothe yourselves With compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience, clothe yourself with these things. See, this new person that we're becoming is a a combination of these attitudes and practices that Jesus has asked us to step into. Now, everything's different. Behold, old things have passed away. The Bible says all things have become new. All things have become new. Again, this is stuff that we all know, but sometimes we've got to remind ourselves of it. Everything's new. Everything's new. It's not a 24-year-old thing that it gets old in time. Everything is new with God. Everything's got to be new in my faith. Everything's got to be new. It's the amount of steps that I continue to take in God that brings me into new territory. The further we are along the journey of God, the more newness that we start experiencing about God's presence. How many times do we step out of faith and we go, man, this feels new. The new job that you don't feel qualified for and you're like, I don't know, I'm trembling, but it's a new thing. And those butterflies in your stomach feel good, don't they? When was the last time you did something that scared you? When was the last time you stepped out of faith and you're like, man, if God doesn't come through, we're all screwed. Yeah. Screwed, stuffed. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> just comes out, sorry. At these moments in church where my wife Fiona, bless her, she sits there and everyone knows the look. She just goes, no, that's not even a look. She just goes, <sighs> I've trained myself. When I first met her dad, Her dad, I literally married the vicar's daughter, and uh, he had a beard, for starters, which I do now, I can proudly boast in that, but he had a beard, he was the fourth form dean at the high school, you know, youth pastor, and I was starting to date his daughter, and uh, I had to speak really slowly when I was at his house to ensure that I wouldn't swear. Such was the nature of my language. So I, I think he thought I was like slightly slow. When I, you know, like, is this guy the guy you want to spend the rest of your life with because he talks? So slow. But, yeah. so, where are we? So he's dressed us. I love the, story, the, the thought that he's kind of dressed us for this wedding. We're kind of putting on new clothes. And often in the Bible, it talks about a wedding ceremony. It talks about, you know, the, the bride, it talks about this, this wedding. And, and, and the bride is, is prepared and ready for the bridegroom. And they're all looking amazing. And so Matthew 22, I want to chuck a few verses at you. You can take them down, 11 to 13, Matthew 22, 11 to 13. Listen to the story of a wedding. It says, but when the king came in to meet the guests, right? It's important to note, but, but when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed the man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend. He's not his friend, right? The Bible's really funny when you read it. Friend, because what he's about to do, right, he's, there's no, he's no one's friend. Friend, he asked, <clears throat> how is it that you're here without wedding clothes, right? But the man had no reply. Oh, he had a reply. He just had nothing to say. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet, throw him into outer darkness, whether we weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we think, wow, that's a bit harsh. What? He just wasn't dressed for the wedding, and yet you're binding. What? This is like the Bible, Hey, eh? We need to explain some of this stuff. And we didn't have a lot of time, but he wasn't, he wasn't ready. He wasn't prepared. He didn't put on his new clothes. He didn't put on his new clothes. Listen, I love the fact that God notices what you put on, right? But the king, it was only when the king came in that he noticed, right? Only when the king came in, he noticed. He's like, right? Pointing someone out. Hey, what, come over here. Ah, uh, yes. <clears throat> right? Suddenly so realized, like, oh, man, I put a bit of spaghetti on my shirt. Oh, it's the king. And he goes, what? The clothes. He says, Your God notices. And then it was the king that noticed the man that was ill dressed, not others. Other people didn't notice. You see, funny thing is in church, we all come in with our smiles and our, you know, Sunday best, maybe. And we all come in and, and, and no one, we don't notice stuff. Because we don't know everything that's going on, but God sees. I think it's important for us to know that. We can gloss over some of this, but God sees where you're at. He knows where you are. And he sees, and listen, this is the God, don't forget, who dearly loves you, sees you. Right? This is the God who loves you. He sees you. And so there's appropriate clothing for a wedding. In fact, Tico, how about you just come up here for a minute? Well, just, let's just stretch this out a little bit further, which I love to do. And uh, so there's a wedding ceremony. If Shelly was here, I'd get Shelly, but I might have to be Shelly. Slightly strange wedding service. But uh, Tico's over there. He's the groom. You can stand over that side. So he's the groom and he's ready to go, right? I'm Shelly. I'm looking amazing. This was how many years ago? 23. What's the date of the anniversary? Of what? When? Oh, he's good. He's good. He's good. Woo, that was clutch. Right? And so 23, was it 23 years ago? Right, Shelly's coming down. Shelly looks amazing. Here, yeah, everything, the dress. She's coming down, she looked amazing. Right? She's coming down. She's got her flowers. Right, she's looking amazing. Tika's like, are oh, you we- oh, you'll be weeping, right? He of course he was, yeah. He's crying. Ah, 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 ah. Right, Shelly comes down. <laughs> Shelly comes down and they meet, right? And they get, and this is what happened on their day. They meet, and this is what Shali says, like. So this is our wedding day, and you're like, you got like a Hawaiian shirt on, and you got like, are you wearing jeans? And and what? Brown loafers? That's what you chose to. She's like, look at me. Look at what I wore. And you're wearing this, right? Do you get it? You're wearing this on our big day? What does that say? Listen, listen, <laughs> she's prepared. She's ready. Yeah. This is the biggest day of her life. Amazing me to the man of her dreams. She's ready to go, right? Man, look at me. Spent hours, makeup, everything, the dress, the whole thing's perfect. T goes in tears like, I me. Mean, you look amazing. And she looks at him and goes, what? <laughs> Hawaiian shit on our wedding day? <laughs> really? When?" So I said, Fijian shirt? <laughs> Sorry. Sheesh, this is, I, I grew up in Fiji. I should know this. <laughs> I was using the generic, you know, poor Hawaii, he gets labeled on everything. But he, he's missing the principle, though, of the story, obviously, which is the fact that he's, he's ill dressed. Look at him, seriously. He's ill dressed. It's just an analogy, people. It's not real. We're good friends in real life. <laughs> But what, he, he, what it states is this, right? I'm now thinking if I'm Shelley, like, hang on, he's bought into this wedding and yet he can't even get dressed for the big yeah. day. What else is he not going to be prepared for? You said you love me and all this, and we, and we agreed to all this stuff, and you can't even get changed. Yeah. You can take a seat, you're awesome. But, but you can't even get changed for the wedding, right? He didn't even, he might, he might have spit and polished his shoes a little bit and thought, oh, just smart, you know, smart, casual, Most weddings aren't smart casual. There's an appropriate attire for the wedding. There's an appropriate... When you're a follower of Jesus, there's things that are appropriate to put on to actually demonstrate that you're a follower of Jesus. There's stuff that you do, right? There's ways that you respond. And if you don't respond and do these things, please hear me, then people are questioning and the world is questioning the authenticity of the church. Why... The problem with the world is that they don't, even, they don't even dislike the church. They're just indifferent to it. They don't even really, you're like, oh, you do your thing and doesn't really have any discernible impact on my life. The fact of the matter is, we've got all these empty chairs is people actually voting no. I don't want to come to church today. Isn't it? I don't want to come. I don't think what you've got to say or do or this environment or this whole religion thing, I don't think it's relevant for me. That's what the world is saying if we don't decide to dress up, to put on, right, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's what the world will see. That's how the world responds. So we've got to put something on. We've got to put it on. So he was unprepared. He was never really in. It was all just the show, right? It was all just the show. So then Shelley might say, listen, here's a whole bunch of things I want you to do, write a checklist. Now, that's not the right thing either, right? If you do all these things, you can marry me. Well, that's not the way to start a marriage, right? We don't, you know, when people say, when we get married, oh, I'm going to change the way that she is, and you know, like, whoa, man, there's a red flag right there. We're going to change each other? No, no, that doesn't happen, right? I am who I am. I change because I love my wife. I don't change, I, I change for her, Right? I change. I make the decision to change for her, not because she wants me to change, because I love her. And so that's legalism. If you do this, then you'll become that. That's legalism at its finest. So listen, to, I love what John Piper says on this. He says, he says, like in verse 22, it says, throw off your old nature. Verse 24, he says, put on your new. See, the old nature, verse 22, corresponds to your former life. This is what you were like before. Think about my friend Marty. He was like this before. In fact, I had another guy in church a couple of years ago who moved down uh, to the hut, and he said, "Man, Jake, you wouldn't have liked me if you knew what I was like before Jesus. Just as you, I was. He said I was terrible to people. I was, I was hated by people. This, this, this is not who I was, man. You've got to understand what Jesus has done. The new person corresponds to God and what He loves. The old person is corrupted through their own desires." The new person is created in righteousness and holiness. The old person is based on deceit. The new is based on truth of God's Word. It's the old and the new. Today I want us to put on the new. We can't just spit and polish the outside and expect change to come. How I mean, we can't change ourselves from the outside in. Often in church life we talk about God works from the inside out, the inside out. We sing songs about it. He changed us from the inside out. So I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, but Jake, it's real hard. We just finished our six weeks of our equipped class, our Monday night discipleship class, and, and we had 20 people come through it, and it was awesome. And there was a lady there, and I love what she said. Uh, we sort of did a bit of Q&A. I said, oh, but, you know, share some testimonies real quick. It sort of halftime. Share some, just, just yell it out. What was good? What wasn't? You know, what are you feeling God say? And, and this lady was really, it's a couple that have just come to know God, and she was just able to say, Jake... Man, I hear all the stuff you're saying, but she goes, and I love God, and man, our lives are changing. It's radical what God's doing. But man, she goes, but, but, but it's still really hard, eh? You know, really earnest face. It's, it's hard, isn't it? And I'm like, man, that's so honest, eh? And I wonder, as the church, we might have done a disservice to people by saying, man, when God comes into your life, stuff's going to be amazing, right? It's going to be amazing. We talk about this adventure of faith, you know? The venture of faith means a lot of hard work, right? A lot of pushing in. A lot of like, why can't I have the blessing that Tico has? Right? He's got a house and we go, awesome, man, I'm so stoked for you. I've been praying for years for a house. And so she says this is hard, it's hard, it's hard. And you often hear people say this. But I I love this thought that we don't just say out of, we don't just kind of, uh, speak out of old attitudes and, and start trying to self-help and start trying to do things ourselves, right? It's hard, so I'm going to try and make it easier now. That's, that's kind of getting out. And trust me, I understand this because I've gone through some hard stuff in my life. You know, when I was 17, I had a cardiac arrest, died for 15 minutes, right? Pretty hard to kind of go through that to figure out, you know, defibrillator in here now on the fourth version of it and scars everywhere and Oh, such as my life is so hard. <laughs> it's not really. I'm actually fine, but it happened a long time ago, but it could have ended up if people didn't pray as the miracle story and you can talk to me afterwards. But I love this in Ephesians 2:10. He prepares the things that he has planned for us to do and create us to do. So God is, God is God's good now. He helps us now. I remember two years ago preaching this in this church. He helps us now and in the future. He helps us now, He gives us what we need today, give us each day our daily bread. So he gives me fuel and food for today, and he helps me, and he prepares my future too. And all he's saying is, come on, can you trust me in this process? Ephesians 2.10, sorry, the verses. we are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus, just to do the good things that he's prepared for us long ago. Man, he's so good. So verse 24, we're, we're sort of closing down now on this. There's, the, there's this throwing off the old, and there's putting on the, the new, putting on the new. And then there's the whole, yeah, but it's hard. But it's hard, right? It's hard work. I can help, hopefully, with that as well. Because here's the thing. Here's a bunch of questions. How do you put on a bundle of new attitudes and emotions and practices that God has created? How do you do that? Right? The worst thing with preaching sometimes is we preach this theoretical stuff sometimes, and we goes home and they go, man, that was amazing, but I had no idea what was said. And I don't know what to do on Monday morning when I get to work or school or whatever. Right? I don't know what to do. So... Here's the thing, how do you think in such a way that God will be the creator of your thoughts? How do you think in such a way that God is the creator of your thoughts? How do you feel in such a way that God is the creator of your feelings? Because He is. How do you act in such a way that God will be the creator of your actions, of your actions? How do you put on the new person created by God? And the final point is this, then. It's, It's to renew your mind. It's to renew your mind how do I know this? Well, look, look, look at what Ephesians 4.23 says, right? Now this verse, if it's on the screen, Ephesians 4.23 is the verse that's actually conveniently sandwiched between 22 and 24. 22 is, so 22 is like put off the old self, the old life, right? 24 is like put on the new, but isn't God good? He writes in the middle, oh, and by the way, I know that's going to be challenging. Right? I know that's going to be hard. I just can't put on new attitudes all the time. Ah, shove it. Right? Just a little honesty time. So yesterday, so my son, Zane, had a bunch of mates around, and he said, Dad, we're going to do some gaming. We're kind of in between this fiber connection at our home, and our internet's a little flaky. I'm like, Zane, man, like, you know our internet's rough at the moment. I'll be fine. And i am probably spent two hours with them trying to get our internet sorted, and da-da-da-da, different devices in the game that they want to play. And his mates come around, and we're like, okay. And I'm like, no, nah, it's not going to work, man. But before they came around, I'm like, Zane, I need to make your mates some food. Let's make toast sandwiches. Oh, my gosh, there's no cheese. There's no cheese in the fridge. Ah! That's what I was like yesterday, right? <coughs> just confession time. No cheese. I'm like, Zane, can you just quickly duck down the shop? The shop, I swear, 400 meters in my house. Can you get some cheese? Oh, Dad. I'm like. Oh, my gosh, a volcano's erupting inside of me. i right, Zane, I've just done two hours of stuff this morning. We've taken you to cricket. I'm preparing food for your mates that are coming over to our house to use our internet, and you won't go to the shop to buy cheese. So I did what parents love, that sort of passive-aggressive, you know. Fine, let's all just go to the shop then, all of us. We've all got to go to the shop because I can't let the other children at home. So let's all go to the shop together, and we're all going to go. Come on, let's go. You want cheese? Hmm? You want cheese? Let's go to the shop. Get in the car. Literally, don't get out of third gear. No, wait there. I'll get the cheese. It'll be faster. Get into the shop. the shopkeeper. Hey, I'm like, cheese. $10 of cheese. I'm like, this is ridiculous. We live in a country that produces cheese, and I've got to pay $10 of cheese. So I can get out of the cheese. This is so stupid. All right? Someone's making a lot of money. Made the cheese. Anyway, I apologize to him later. I said, Zane, that wasn't you know, <clears throat> just that wasn't my best self. And uh, so yeah. So that happened yesterday. Just thank you. Oh, it feels really good. Thank you so much for <laughs> helping me with that. So so I love the it's the word the sanctification, it's the process of becoming more like Jesus, right? We're not a finished article, are we? Anybody a finished article on this place? No, okay, right, good. So so it says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and actions. And the band, you guys can come up. If you can, that'll be good. So it's sandwiched between the old and the new. So I think God's saying, I know the old's hard. Right? Throw it off. I know that's the old way. And I don't want you to go back there. But I've got something new for you. Right? It's something new. It's awesome. It's amazing. It'll change your life like it did my friend Marty. It'll change your countenance. everything's different. Oh, it's hard though. And he says, yeah, I know, but read the one in the middle. Renew your mind. Allow the Spirit to do that. How do we do it? Listen, again, Romans 12 2, one of my favorite verses. I think this this renewing of your mind, I think it's one of the most significant things as as followers of Jesus. I really believe we can hear everything here today, but if you don't change the way that you think, you'll go away every Sunday and wonder do you even know why you come to church? Some of you come because of cultural reasons. Some of you come because I feel like, well, if I don't, I fear the Lord, like I should be here, right? Some of you come because of religion. It's true. Deep down, that's kind of, we think we should be here. Now, I pray in this church, we kind of go, I come because, man, God did everything for me. The least he asks for me is to hang out with a whole bunch of his awesome people, have great coffee afterwards and connect with people. Maybe someone speaks to me and encourages me, and that's what I need for the week. And it's this corporate praise and worship that I just get lost in. And then Pastor Tico prays, and the Holy Spirit descends, and I just go, man, God, what? I can't get that from home. I can't get that from live streaming. God, is just so good. And it says in Romans 12:2, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't do the things that people outside these doors do. Don't do that. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So he's saying that's how you do it. That's how you put on the new. Is not conforming to the old. It's not doing the things everybody else does. That's the way that we be Christians in our world. Is we simply the way that we respond. If I keep responding like I did to my 11 year old to be son, he's going to eventually think if that's the way that I act all the time, he's going to go, Dad, I hear you saying stuff on the stage on Sunday, but when you shout at me and stuff on Monday, and I'd pray that day never comes, but man, if I'm not careful and if I don't respond in the way that the word tells me to, right? Surefire way to see him not in church one day because they would go, But you're saying one thing and you're doing another. Do so, you know the world says this to us? You guys say stuff, but we don't do anything. Now, again, I'm thankful as part of this Equipus family, man. We do stuff. Nobody can ever say in Equipus Church, in Napier, we don't do stuff for our community. Man, we do, we do, we do a lot in our community, and people love it. Our light parties are things that we do. Thousand people come out, they know we do stuff for their community. I know we do stuff. These words were written by Paul. This was Paul, right, who was Saul. If you, if, you, if, you, if you know what happened, Stephen was the first martyr. And he was preaching in the temple, really trying to explain the fact that actually Jesus is the Son of God. He, he's coming to help us all. This is the Messiah that we waited for, that Isaiah prophesied about. He's saying, no, 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 really, it is. And they're like, nah, we don't buy it. Why? Because you can't go against the temple. That's everything for us in the Jewish culture. Now they dragged him out, dragged him out of the city gates. They start chucking stones at him. And then Paul, he's just about dead. And Paul gives the last stone to the last guy and says, here, throw one more, we'll kill him, we'll finish him off. This is Paul. Paul, who was on the road to Damascus to come gather a whole bunch of Christians, bring them back to Jerusalem to slaughter them. This is him writing in Ephesians 3.18 and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide and how long and how high and how deep is His love Paul says this the murderer Saul says these words if you think you're too far from God today man can I tell you you're not because I don't know many people in this room that have probably done that have persecuted Christians to the level that he did may you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully you see what he's saying now you understand it. It's too great to understand. He's like, because I don't understand it. How could God love me, Paul, who persecuted the very people that I'm now here to rescue? Man, I don't understand it. Marty doesn't understand it. He's saying to me, I don't know what's happening with me. I can't fully understand it. can't understand it. If we can understand our faith, then I don't know if it's faith. Right? True? It says, then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life power that comes from God when we're complete and full there's no room for any other clothes but those of righteousness and holiness do you know when you love God and you accept him asking Jesus to come in as Lord and Saviour you're made right that with righteousness means made right with God you now have right standing with him you have right standing you have access to the Father the great thing is there's hope for us today there's hope for everyone today there's always been hope and there always will be hope the church should have been snuffed out years ago how does, a, how does a ragtag bunch of guys who hung out with Jesus eventually the Roman Empire of which they had all the control and all the power a few hundred years that's all it took for the Roman Empire to be converted to Christianity how does that even happen? people are saying oh the church writing books about the church in its last days really? man the church has survived a lot church isn't going anywhere amen we're not going anywhere we're not going anywhere so if you don't know Jesus man be encouraged I love John Hagee makes this quote he says God never alters the robe of righteousness to fit the man rather he alters the man to fit the robe he he alters the man you see you don't have to worry about the, 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 the garment being too big or too ill fitting for you Maybe today, and again, maybe the church in the past has done this. We've tried to make you fit something that you were never supposed to wear. Sorry, <laughs> we're human. But God never does that. He alters you and He changes you so that you can, just like when you're doing weights and you feel like you can start to fill out that jacket. God changes you from the inside out and He makes you feel like I can fit this garment now. This is a good garment for me. This fits really comfortably. I pray that when you come in here, it feels like, yeah, this fits. This is the right thing to do. Whenever we see in these scenes, man, come on, we need to get people this auditorium to go this is the right place for us to be again, it's the right place for us to be man we gotta what are we gonna do throw off the old put on the new and we do that by renewing our mind renewing our mind changing the way that we think don't even allow negativity to start to impact your world that's not saying that we're hiding from things that aren't happening that we're not stupid but I don't want to start speaking stuff over my own life that that God hasn't actually aligned with. When I say things like, oh man, Jake, that was such a stupid decision. I know it's a little glib thing that we say, but I'm not stupid. I'm made in the image of God. I don't want to declare this stuff over my life and over my family. It's not just me as a pastor. You can do that in your own family. We're not declaring things that the world was see. We're declaring things that God sees. How about you stand to your feet? I'd love to pray for you this morning as we close and Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, how about you just start praising Him? Come on, He's such a good God. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.